Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happenings. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballish, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes, that that seems to be the decision. All down. Oh. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the Be Cool Radiator Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. Great weekend of racing up here in the state of Michigan. Finally, thank you, Chris Foby, for shaking and changing your routine. We, we finally decided it was Horsepower Happenings, Chris Foby's fault that nobody was able to race because he was planning on going to that race. Boom, rain. Uh, but uh, he said he changed up his routine, uh, brought peanuts to the racetrack, wore the green number 13, and everything worked out just fine. So uh, thank you, Chris, for that. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Uh, nobody knows who won the NASCAR Cup Series race on Sunday because everybody's talking about old Ramam Ross getting into the side of Kyle Larson going into turns one and two. Those two tangled up once again, and Rick Hendricks said, quote, it's going to be really hard to win a championship with that many enemies on the racetrack. So uh, will we see... Something come for for Ross Chastain, hard to tell. William Byron did end up getting the win in overtime. Kevin Harvick second, Chase Elliott in the third spot. How about the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series? Pierce, that'd be the Bobby Pierce, took the lead after a lap 37 restart and led the final 23 of the Falls Spring Shootout for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series debut at Fairbury Speedway. And then, Things got washed away at Farmer City. How do we know things got washed away at Farmer City? Because during the recording of tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings, Rich and I may have one eye on flowracing.tv while they get that event uh, put in for tonight, Monday night. Also some great late model racing this week from the Castro Flow Racing Night in America as part of Illinois Speed Weeks. It all began on Wednesday when Dennis Herb Jr. got the best of Bobby Pierce as he rolled the bottom of the racetrack to go to victory lane at Spoon River. Then the next night, the New Deal. Can you still call him that if Dad's not racing? I don't know. Hudson O'Neill went to victory lane with Castrol Flow Racing Night in America. Then Illinois Speed Week, of course, rolled over to the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. And if that's not enough for you, Tuesday night, if you are a race fan and you have a Flow Racing subscription, is going to be jam-packed. The ASA Stars National Tour, the Cars Late Model Tour, and... Those guys will be at North Wilkesboro and the High Limit Sprint Car Series on Tuesday night as well. They'll be at Wayne County. All sorts of stuff happening on Tuesday night for uh, you race fans. And that's what's happening in a Motor City Minute and a Half. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good evening, sir. 
How you doing? I think this is the first weekend. We're both tired on Monday. Yeah, man. It's it was <laughs> a, bu- a busy weekend. It was a good and busy weekend. Really excited to get a chance to talk to Chase Berta, of course, uh, the big winner Saturday at the uh, Jeg Seri All-Stars Tour event at Birch Run. That was really cool. I was glad I got a chance to be a part of that one. That's pretty cool. Hey, Zach, I got to tell you, and I want to let our listeners know, tomorrow afternoon, let's just say, if there was some big news <laughs> that – that might be released sometime tomorrow afternoon, maybe around 3 o'clock. Uh, probably some of the biggest news that we've ever had here in dirt late model racing in our region. Yeah. I think everybody might want to have their phone handy and set it for a notification. You know? Well, just saying. Yeah, it, it, and I'll give you even more. Um, I got a phone call from a certain promoter of a couple of racetracks in the state of Michigan a couple of weeks ago, and he said, what day's your podcast? I reminded him Monday night, and he goes, "Ah, that's too bad. You're going to miss some really big news." <laughs> I said, "Okay, well, we'll look for it." And um, so I know at three o'clock tomorrow, my volume's going to be up. And yeah. Whether it's a little late, uh, I'll be waiting for it. And um, that's pretty cool news. Uh, it is we're pretty not, cool. We're not going to tease it. We're just going to tease a little bit, but we're going to let leave it up to uh, that promoter and. Uh, and a race team to announce what's going on. And, yeah. and, and should, it's going to be real big for our state, I think. Should be pretty cool. Hey, speaking of busy this weekend, Saturday, you got to watch a pretty darn good – well, actually, you had a really good weekend. We'll talk about Friday as well. But Saturday, you got to see a little bit of redemption in place at Flat Rock Speedway. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think uh, I don't think one week was soon enough for Chris Benson to be able to get back to Flat Rock Speedway after Justin Clardy just snatching uh, – snatching his victory away uh, in the final laps a week ago. But it was in no doubt. Chris Benson worked his way to the point and left the left the field. Uh, it was a 50-lap hot lap session. That car, that 51 machine was really good. And uh, he brought it home in victory lane for his first win in 14 years at, wow. at Flat Rock. Since 2009, Chris Benson picked up the win in the Outlaws. Connor Zabosian, Paul Pelletier, Eric Lee, and just, uh, Justin Schroeder would round out the top five, which that's going to turn our outlaw power rankings upside down just a little bit this week, um, just because that's the only track that's run. But we're going to start getting other tracks involved, reveal the hammer next week, from what I understand, at Birch Run. So that'll shake it up a little bit more. The outlaws at Flat Rock are off next week, so due to the Arkham Menard Series event. So uh, now we're getting into the events that uh, that kind of mix in and shake up these power rankings to where we can get them an, a, a really good idea uh, of who's good and who isn't. So the rest of the night at Flat Rock, uh, Lance Lipasek, eight career starts, picked up his second win. I'll take that average any day of the week, two out of eight. Um, Ian Jeslow picked up the B-Main, figure eight. Dennis Wisman Jr. wrapped up that win. This Saturday, Zach, another huge night at Flat Rock. The Dutch Boy paints 150 for the Arkham Menard Series East. First time the Arkham Menard series, any other series, has been to Flat Rock since 2000. So uh, that's going to be great. Street stocks and figure eights also in action. Gates open at 4 o'clock at Flat Rock. General Tire pole qualifying will go off at 5. There will be an autograph session in the pit area. Usually they bring race, cow- race cars out on the main straightaway. They're going to let the fans go in the pit area at 6 o'clock wow. to 6.45 uh, to see all the drivers. And then racing will kick off for the first first green flag of the night. At 7 p.m. on Saturday. Well, Friday. No more 4 o'clock starts for Flat Rock. All right. That'll do it. And uh, I, I hear there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of buzz around the Dutch Boy Paints 150. Um, I believe, is Bill Venturini getting back behind the wheel of a car for this race? 
Billy Venture okay. is right. getting back behind the car Thank for this you. race. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so. some kid that you may know. William what? William uh man William Sawalich and he's going to yeah. he's going to come into Flat Rock with a chip on his shoulder too. Do you see what happened Saturday at Nashville? Yeah, but I don't know that he's ever ran a racetrack as small as Flat Rock. He's going to have some quick learning to do that young man. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, I-96 Speedway kicked off my weekend with the Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, and Midwest Modifieds Tour, and it was a fantastic show. If you're looking for some drivers to nominate for the hashtag Home Pro Hammer of the Month, you may want to look to Michigan. And i got to tell you right now, can I nominate someone? Bad Brad Lamberson. That dude got engaged and didn't miss a beat. We were I told him in the pits, I said, we were all picking on you in the Horsepower Happenings chat that all your momentum is gone. He goes, it can only get better or worse from here. And I'm telling you, <laughs> it just keeps on rolling. If this, if this guy would have got a caution flag Friday at I-96, I think he may have capped off the weekend with a victory. He came from 11th to finish second behind Jared Horseman, who picked up the win. Devin Doby, after avoiding a massive accident on the front straightaway, finished in third. Max Stambaugh from 8th finished, or excuse me, from 12th finished 4th. Mike Keegan finished in the 5th spot. Dustin Daggett up from 10th to finish 6th. Ryan Rule 7th. 8th went to Phil Grassman. The Bulldog Greg Dahlman in 9th and 10th went to Boston Mead, who was up 11 spots in that event. The big shakeup came, though, near the midway point of the race when coming out of turn number 4, Trent Musk turned around backwards in the outside lane at I-96 Speedway. And if you've ever seen a sprint car race at I-96 Speedway, you know who was in the outside lane. And that was the leaders. And Danny Sams III had nowhere to go, drove right into the side of Trent Musk. That collected Darren Nida, who was fresh off of his first ever heat race win in a big car uh, earlier that day. He was running in the second spot, Rich. Darren was hot on the heels of Danny Sams III in his uh, Steve Harding Nefco number 14H. Those two cars, uh, Darren ended up going upside down. His night was done. Danny's car was destroyed. Trent, of course, uh, he, he parked it in the infield after that. And that's what handed things over to Jared Horseman, who went on to pick up the win. Great Lakes traditional sprint side of things. Ricky Lewis, the Oxnard, California driver, pretty much stunk up the show. Started on the pin, wheeled it all the way to victory lane in dominating fashion. The closest battle on the speedway was between Steve Irwin and Brian Ruhlman, who they couldn't decide who was going to run in the second spot. Steve Irwin finally decided he would take home runner-up honors. Brian Ruhlman third, Parker Fredrickson fourth, and Keith Shefford Jr. rounded out the top five Friday at I-96 Speedway. Great Lakes Traditional Sprints then went to Crystal Motor Speedway on Saturday. And Ricky Lewis, again, back to victory lane with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. This time, though, they made him work for it. This uh, Oxnard, California driver had to come from 10th to get the win. Did so ahead of Steve Irwin, Parker Fredrickson in third, Keith Shefford Jr. fourth, Max Frank with his first top five of the season as uh, the non-wing cars rolled to Crystal Motor Speedway. Coming up Friday, we'll talk about it a little bit more at the end of the show, but Friday, Rich, Great Lakes Super Sprints back in action, Hartford Motor Speedway. Tim and Leah Dibble kicking off their 10th year as promoters. Really excited to get back to Hartford and see what can go on there. We've seen Greg Dahlman go to victory lane there. We've seen Max Stamball win there. Ryan Rules won there. Dustin Daggett can win there. Hartford's kind of the great equalizer, and it's coming up Friday. Well, I don't know that anybody could have beat what I got to go through Friday um, because it was huge for all of us. Uh, anybody who's a, a fan of motorsports, anybody who knows Gary Lindahl, uh, back at the racetrack for the first time, Good man, deal. was it cool. I walked I walked in the track office, and he was sitting there on the couch, and I said, hi, I'm Rich France, the voice of the Toledo Speedway. What's your name? <laughs> and 
Yeah. And uh, Gary looked great, man. He lost 30 pounds. Um, he was ready to go, ready to go racing. So we, we propped him up down in the front row. We didn't let him climb any stairs or anything. Good deal. But he, he did a couple victory lanes for me, and he sang the school bus song and announced the school bus figure eight race. And you know what? You just saw the smile come back on Gary's face. It was awesome. So he's back in the hospital today, not because of that, because he had to go to get some medication testing. So he thinks he's going to be out of there uh, by Wednesday. No more procedures. And he's planning to be at the Arkham Menard Series Dutch Boy Paints 150 uh, this Saturday at Flat Rock. So love to see it. Um, yeah. So it's it's great. To, it was great to have him back. And just a little bit of results while we were at Toledo. Late model sportsman Ron Allen picked up another win uh, in the late model sportsman division. Uh, factory stocks went to Josh Bunning. And Ken Schrader picked up the win in the school bus figure eight. And I interviewed. I got to figure out how to get, get through this without saying what Ken said. But I said, because I asked him, I said, was that, did that go about how you thought it would? And he said, well, I didn't know they were going to be driving like, and it's a hole in a certain anatomy of your body. Right. That he was referring to. Yes. Um, and then he, of course, smiled because he's friends with all those guys. Now he's done this a few times. But yeah, Ken Schrader picked up the win. Uh, probably the biggest win of his career ever. Picking up the school bus race at Flat Rock. He, he even admitted that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But next up at the Toledo Speedway, a couple weeks, Friday, May 26th, Ohio Wheelman Series, National Compact Touring Series, and a 100-lap factory stock feature. That's also Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club Night and Kids Night. So the kids get in free. They get a free hot dog. Big night at Toledo in a couple weeks on Friday, May 26th. Yeah, looking forward to that one as well uh, for sure. All right, let's talk about Andrew Scheid. This kid, new ride this season in 2023 at Berlin Raceway thinks that he brought home his best career finish of the season by finishing runner-up. And then, after post-race technical inspection, officials brought him a trophy. Uh, Scheid, who uh, ended up at the front of this field pretty early on lap 52 after a caution, uh, Spartan native Andrew Scheid would get around Blake Rowe on the restart and take the lead. Scheid was out front, and then a Joe Bush charging through the field. Everybody knows Joe and his number 101 machine. Charged through the field, got around Berta with, or excuse me, Berta, shied with just three laps to go and would go on to pick up the win for about 45 minutes until post-race technical inspection was over. Um, apparently, rumor has it, there was an area of Mr. Bush's car that he would not let technical inspectors view. And uh, if you tell a tech inspector he can't open that area of your car, that usually results in you not winning the race anymore. And so Andrew Scheid was presented with the trophy, his first win of 2023 and second win at Berlin Raceway. Uh, his dad, Jason, texted me. They were fired up, really excited uh, to get the win. And, and I tell you what, they had a car that was capable of doing it too because they were out front for several laps at Berlin Raceway. So keep an eye on Andrew this year. Yeah, I was, I was wondering what was going on because Berlin Raceway was being awfully polite about it. Uh, you know, saying they weren't going to release any information due to, to the respect for all parties. That's right. Um, I don't, we'll just leave that one at there. So we don't know where it was, but all we know is um, Andrew Scheid's got the trophy and the money. That's right. So uh, good job to Andrew uh, picking up another win. And uh, I tell you what, Andrew's becoming quite the little pavement racer, isn't he? Yeah, picked up that second career win, I believe. He got his first career win last year. So, uh, and, and I don't think, you know, 
at the end of last year, I don't think he knew he had a ride for this year. That's right. So so uh, he gets in that new ride and picks up a win early in the season. That's got to be great for that young man. Well, Rich, on Saturday I had the opportunity to uh, join our friends with Champion Racing Association for the JEG CRA All-Stars Tour and their kickoff event of 2023. Triple Crown Race Number one at Bertrand Speedway. Now, you had a chance to attend a couple of those last year, uh, Rich. Actually, I don't think I attended any of the Triple Crowns in 2022, uh, which is really when we saw uh, kind of Chase Berta start to come around at Bertrand Speedway and really start to change things. And uh, nothing was different on Saturday. This kid from Lapeer, Michigan, had a absolutely perfect day. He was fast. Actually, a perfect weekend. Fast Friday in practice. Went out for the hour practice session on Saturday fastest car in the speedway went out for the all-star performance qualifying fastest car on the speedway redrew a five so that was the only thing that kept him from having an absolutely perfect day had the lead by lap 40 survived a couple of restarts along the way and uh went on to win holding off kyle crump as uh, of course as we know one of the best late model drivers uh, strongest in the in the state right now and uh, held him off Got through lap traffic, picked up his first career, Jag Siri All-Stars Tour victory, and it's our pleasure now to welcome on two Horsepower Happenings from Lapeer, Michigan, and Chase Berta. Welcome into Horsepower Happenings. Yep, thank you. Thank you, guys. Man, Thanks for having me. I don't know what else to say about this weekend. I ran into you Saturday morning, and uh, you and, and your sister were walking through the pits, and I stopped you, and I said, what do you think? And the first thing you did was just kind of smile into a chuckle and said, it's really good, and uh, you proved that whole that whole day that that 18 car was really good. Um, just how good was that thing Friday when you unloaded it? Did you know that you were going to be the car to beat? Uh, well, last year we've been close and had a lot of momentum coming into this year, and Van Dorn and Gordon and all the guys right from the box, it was good, and uh, just tweaked on it in practice, and it was just spot on. So – that's Friday. Everybody practiced on Friday. Um, did you, I mean, look at lap times? Did you run around other cars on Friday? What did you learn on Friday, really, with that open practice? Because everybody I talked to that was there, all 17 of you guys, said that you ran on Friday. So did you kind of learn what other people were doing or just focused on your stuff? What, what was Friday for you? Uh, yeah, I'd say Friday we were more focused on us and uh, just making sure our car was still where it was last year um we didn't put a lot of laps down friday we were just yeah just checking everything and it was just great saturday uh rolls around our practice session in the overcast all-star performance qualifying rolls around the sun comes out it gets hot you're the first car on the speedway um what what was your thought process when when we called you to the racetrack and it was time to go were you glad that you were the first car? Would you have rather been later? I mean, obviously it worked out okay for you by, you know, five or 51 hundredths of a second. Kyle Crump missed it by, you know, half a tenth. Um, was was that okay for you to be the first car out, or, or what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, uh, right before the draw, I asked Gordon what he wanted, and he said the highest number, and we went up there and drew a one. So, so it wasn't a high number, but... Um, yeah, we went through, and we went, and I went quick time, and it was awesome, but normally I'm not a great qualifier, so maybe rolling out first is the thing that I need to do more often. Pace, then you get out there on the grid, and you're looking in the row in front of you, the guy that picked up the first one last year at Birch Run, round one, 
And you know you're gonna you know you're gonna have a long day anytime you're gonna say, Hey, I have to make sure I get Kyle, by Kyle Crump to win this race. How patient did you have to be uh and and tell yourself to be patient throughout the hundred laps? Yeah, that was it. Uh Gordon was he was there telling me, keeping me calm throughout the whole thing, saving the tires because last year in Winchester we had almost like the same thing and um but yeah just uh was really cautious throughout getting up to the field um was able to get through there cleanly and missed the one wreck that happened there but uh yeah it was just great execution from the team and everybody i wanted to ask you about saving tires too because i was going to bring that up is we've we've seen that bite you before where somebody saves tires a little bit better than you was that in the back of your head for those 60 laps that you were out front and and that last restart when you pulled away from kyle were you nervous at all about how much he was saving or if you were driving too hard? Was that in your head at all? Yeah, for sure. Definitely, especially from last fall. But uh, I was just able to get up front, and uh, they just kept telling me my times, and I was running consistent. And I felt like I saved the right front, like, good. And I was just trying to time the lap cars right and, yeah, get through there cleanly and smoothly. Once you take the lead – uh, kind of a, most drivers, different mindset at that point. Um, you probably knew if I don't mess this up, I probably got a better than average chance of winning this thing. Um, how'd you keep yourself calm knowing how, how bad you wanted to get that win? Oh, honestly, hats off to Gordon and Billy. They like truly kept me calm throughout the whole thing. They talked to me and kept me calm. I was so nervous, uh, making those laps of a caution or something, something to happen but it all just went the right way and we just had a great car and just was able to keep it out front and this isn't bad i mean it's a pretty good pretty good deal you you get to uh it, not too long just a couple weeks you get to jump in a new super late mile that's got to give you a lot of confidence oh yeah definitely it's and it's the start of the season too so hopefully that's like show something that's going to happen this season and uh hopefully we can just keep building momentum off of this one yeah i want to go into salem i want to point out too that you know the the confidence and the nerves you took the lead on lap 40 on a restart on the outside around dan leak (laughs) i mean you want to talk about unlikely scenarios um restarting on the outside of dan leak and taking the lead on a restart probably your best opportunity though to take the lead once you guys got rolling and uh, that bottom line kind of settled in. It was it, you were about the only person I really saw go for position on the outside, and it was during that restart you and Crump made up some position on the outside. What did you guys find? What did you guys know? I mean, was it was it the ability to be able to pinch the inside line down coming off the corner, or, or what did you find? Yeah, that was it. Uh, my, I was just trying to keep them down there, and uh, I felt like I was able to get great runoff on quarter exit which got me around them, but yeah, it just worked out there on the restarts, and then we did it the last two restarts with Trump, too, and it it worked great. Yeah, you so you take the lead on lap 40, then you have a restart on lap 43, and a restart on lap 44. Um, how hard, are you a rhythm driver? I mean, does that upset your, your, you know, your, your rhythm, I guess, uh, inside the cockpit when, you know, you take the lead on a restart? And then, boom, you got to do it two more times right back-to-back, try to, you know, hit the gears and do everything right and, you know, fend off that 71 car? Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially with the 71 car there. You 
you don't want to make a mistake going into one or something to happen. And uh, that was the biggest thing after we got around Dan and then that next caution flew. We didn't know what the smartest choice to do is go to the bottom or the top with Crump there now. So, um, but we picked the top and we got moving. And once we got our rhythm going on that long green flag run, I felt like we were good and just knocking off flaps. Coming to uh, five to go, I think it is. You catch some lap traffic, and it was interesting the way that you navigated this. Uh, rather than try to just go around the outside of the lap car, um, you actually move the seven coming out of four and get to his inside. Was that a calculated decision that you didn't want to open up the inside and get hung out there and let Crump catch up? Or, or t- take me through that decision. Yeah, uh, well, we were getting there, and they kept telling me try to catch them like, near the end of the race or at the end of the race, and I was trying, and I caught seven way before I expected, and I was to his back bumper, like, going into three, and I don't really know how it ex- – like, I don't know if he was going high or low, and I just didn't <laughs> – I didn't want to slow up and ruin any chances of winning or anything, so I kind of just hit him, and – but he moved out of the way, and we talked about it after the race, and it's all good. It's just, I don't know if it, if it was really all my fault or, yeah, well, great and, and, and we talked about it, too, as officials. Like, I wonder why Chase did that. And I know that they were telling slow cars to go low, but when you're in a position, and I'm sure you were getting this information, too, Kyle was gaining on you a couple of tenths a second a lap for you to have to go to the outside of the seven car and potentially get, you know, you don't know that he's going to let you go. Um, I just wonder if, if that was a calculated decision to not have to be hanging on the outside and let Kyle get there, and now we got a race, you know, with three laps to go. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because, I was well, we were running the bottom the whole race, and I didn't know if, like, I went high, it would be just completely different. So that was definitely in my mind, and I wanted to stay to the bottom, but, uh, definitely, I didn't want to hit him or anything to get around him. So one more thing, and then we'll—I I think we'll kind of wrap up this Birch Run race for you, Triple Crown. And uh, you know, obviously, there's the big question that we'll ask uh, probably a little bit later on. Victory Lane, man, the emotion that was pouring out of you—we talked about it in Victory Lane. And you know, there was the emotion of the first win, and then I think you saw your mom, um, and it kind of all really hit what what all had went on. You know, your dad, your mom. There's a great shot that we used as uh, your promo today of, of the three of you embracing in a hug, just how it all finally came together for you guys. Talk, talk about that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, well, I was only 40 minutes or so away from home. So had a lot of family there and we were just showing good speed all day. And I didn't want to miss or make a mistake or something to get us out of a win. And uh, just seeing my mom and it was like just her birthday the other day and mother's day on Sunday. And, I told her that we were going to win and saw her crying. Yeah, that one got to me. But I got to tell you, too, because so he, cool. he won't admit this. I passed your dad, and, and his eyes were a little squinty, too, when I passed Rob. So don't let anybody <laughs> fool you. Rob was pretty emotional, too. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he tries to hide his emotions. <laughs> you know, Chase, uh, you, know, you know what I thought was cool this weekend? Now, now you probably don't remember it because you were just a – just a young little thing when uh, when I was first introduced to you back in the Midwest Indoor Racing Series days when you were uh, you know running the quarter midgets and I and Andrew Scheid was running carts at that time and I thought it was pretty cool this weekend uh, both of you guys were able to pick up wins obviously Andrew's second your first um, that's a pretty cool deal isn't it 
Oh yeah, yeah. We've known Andrew since the indoors too, and oh well, yeah, we raced uh, late miles now for a few years, and he's been very nice and uh, very supportive, and uh, he's great to talk to. So it's awesome for him, and it's awesome that we were both able to get it done on the same day. So now, what do you do? Where, where's your, where's your head at next? Um, I mean, obviously, wherever you're going. Um, I'm going to assume you're going to be on a dirt track before you jump in that super late model, but whatever, whatever you're, whatever you're holding the steering wheel of got to be pretty confident. Oh yeah, definitely a lot, a lot of motivation going into the season now. And, uh, and especially for all the people that work on our dirt cars, uh, they're going to be more motivated to win in that stuff now. So, uh, it should be hopefully a great season. And, uh, we, yeah, we run dirt this weekend, so hopefully we can carry that momentum into this weekend, too. You know, one thing uh, that I think we need to talk about is we talked with your dad, and he said, you know, we got it mapped out where we're going to run about 80% of the Jegs races, and then we got the supercar that we want to run, and we want to run the supercar at Salem and, and, you know, probably leave the Jegs car in the box. And now you're the points leader uh, for the Jegs CRA All-Stars Tour. Um, I don't know, man. Do you leave the Jegs car in the box now as the points leader with the Salem race being the next one, or or uh, do you think maybe you dust it off and go out there and just try to turn some laps? Yeah, uh, definitely. We talked about it uh, last weekend. Just threw it up in the air. We didn't know, but uh, honestly, we'll probably be more focused on that supercar just because it's that first race in that car, and we just want to make sure it's right. And uh, but. I don't know for sure plan yet, so I don't want to say anything. But yeah, yeah. Well, you're the points leader, so uh, I'm gonna put that in your feather. I'm gonna put that feather in your cap, <laughs> and uh, you know, you keep that nugget of information when you start turning wrenches on those payment cars again. But Rich mentioned, <clears throat> Rich mentioned that you'll probably get behind the wheel of a dirt car before you head to Salem, and you've kind of had a mixed bag of results with the dirt program this year. Um, if it's an IMC modified, you might as well put it up on jack stands and call it a season because the first two weeks have been just absolutely pitiful. But that dirt late model has been treating you pretty good. Talk about the dirt so far this spring. Yeah, the modified, uh, two nights uh, in it and <laughs> both DNFs. But the uh, late model, yeah, it's our uh, newer car that we got. And uh, it's been really nice to us. We've only ran it once, but in that race it i was very comfortable in it and uh have a high expectation this year went to merit speedway with the the late model and tri-city and merit both for the modified and um merit's not an easy place to get a hold of especially with the crop of talent you're running against with with that late model um what is and we've talked about this before where do you kind of uh, focus on, or do you just change the focus however you need to? I know the dirt program, Chase, is primarily your baby, and then your dad primarily taking care of the pavement side of things. So do you just change the focus how you need to week in and week out, or do you feel like one helps support the other? Uh, kind of talk about running both. Yeah, um, I mean, it kind of just goes by a weekly basis of like where you're racing and what car you're racing, racing but um but i've (laughs) we've been really busy now with running late models on dirt and stuff but i would say we're both equal like they're both equal and uh we're interested in them as equal chase i I need to ask you because i think the last couple times we chatted you hadn't been you know had a whole lot 
to do with the dirt stuff. And you've done that more, more a lot starting last year, but, um, and nobody else is listening, but me and you, which one of them do you <laughs> like the best? <laughs> well, now I, well, as always like, eh, it's hard to pick, but over the off season, I'd probably have to say asphalt right now, just because I'm better, like more comfortable in it and just used to it more. And, um, but I think this very late model, once I get the hang of it, that, that might beat it. You know, it's funny if you ask somebody that question after they pick up a win, you kind of know what they're going to say, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that helps. I want to talk, too, about the fact that, you know, I think people forget how young you are. I messaged you today to try to get confirmation for the show, and like an hour and a half went by, and I'm like, I, I, I truth be told, I was getting frustrated. I'm like, man, why haven't I heard from Chase yet? And then you got back a hold of me, you're like, sorry, man, I was still in school. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Chase Bird is still in school? What are you talking about, man? Um, but you're almost done. Is that right? Yep. We only got, well, nine more school days left. So next week, last week. So, uh, yeah, we're almost done. Are you a senior? Yep, yep. Oh, man. Oh, man. So getting ready to graduate. Now, have you decided what you're going to do with your life when you get out of school? Are you going to, you know, uh, do something extra or uh, going to focus in on the career? What are you, What are you looking at? Uh, this summer and this year, we're just going to focus on all the dirt stuff. Cause my, my dad always promised me he was going to help me throughout my whole high school. And my senior year was going to be like our big year. So, uh, so we're going to focus on the racing this year and, uh, just go from there and see how it goes. Chase, I got to tell you, I, I didn't realize that I, I, I knew that the, that the, uh, Midwest Indoor Racing Series was a while ago, but man, you just felt made me feel like real old because I now I just realized I've known you since you were like 10 years old <laughs> yeah yeah that was a long time ago <laughs> yeah, talk to me about those days man you guys let's go back um and you guys you were really successful where and you guys traveled with that quarter midget and and you won a lot of race how much fun did you have um when you were just a little tight just starting to get into this racing thing Oh, yeah, it was a blast just traveling around, and there's so many families in the quarter midgets that, like, we were able to meet, and uh, it's like how half of my friends, how I met half of my friends through quarter midgets, so it's cool having that, and they're all racing, it's cool growing up with my friends just racing different cars and then different stuff, so being able to hear their stories, and they can teach you things and whatnot, so it's, it's awesome. Well, you pick up the win on Saturday, Triple Crown race number one, and um, there's a lot of Jegs races in Michigan this year. As a matter of fact, you got two more at uh, Birch Run, two more at uh, Owasso, one of those being the Masters of the Pros 184, and uh, you know then the smattering of the schedule for you know Winchester, Salem, and things of that nature. Nashville, I think, is, is another one on the schedule as well. But with this coming back to Michigan, with this 18 car, the success you're having with it right now. Uh, do you look at you look at that July date with Triple Crown number two, and you know what the situation is. You know that if you go to the tail, you're racing for seven grand. You know that if you happen to win race number two and go to the tail of race number three, you're racing for twenty five thousand dollars. Two days removed. Is it too early to make that decision as to what you're going to do when uh, race number two rolls around? 
Yeah, well, I've been talking to my dad, and he won't get me a set answer, so we'll kind of see how it goes. He ain't much of a gambling man, but um, we'll see. Maybe, like, if we're a rocket ship, like how we felt like we were last weekend, uh, who knows? We might start from the rear, but uh, I would have to say it's too early to say. Fifth, he might have a dirt race plan, Zach. He might not even be there. Oh, <laughs> I think you got to go back if you're right. You got to go back to Bertrand, right? Yeah, we'll be back there. We'll be back to both Bertrands and Owasso. Yeah, Owasso. yeah. So okay, like Rich just said about dirt versus pavement, your dad ain't gonna listen to this show. What does Chase want to do? I mean. Do you feel like that car was good enough to have went from the ba- from the back uh, on, on Saturday if you needed to? I feel like it could, but it's just hard with all the cautions. Like once, like if it goes green, it's going to be hard to catch like Crump or somebody out front. And but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's too hard to say. And Chase, I was there last year when when um, when Kyle tried it, right? And it is, it's not an easy thing to do. Kyle was able to get all the way to third, but you really do. There's no way you're going to be able to do that with using up more equipment than you want to in the first half of that race. Yeah, especially that. And it's like once you get up front, I feel like you'll you'll burn your right front, your right rear off, and then you have nothing to really race with. Uh, so that's something you have to keep in your mind. But uh, who knows? I like that he's thinking about it though. It, I, it sounds like it sounds like he'd like to give it a go. Uh, if you're not if you're not running for points, then I'd go for it. Why not? Yeah, it doesn't well, matter then. And the other thing too, I think you you probably have to wait and see who shows up. Uh, you know, if if you get if you get the the 18 cars that pre-registered for this weekend, maybe and you know you have some attrition like we did this weekend. I, I look at I look at Nick Egan. He went to the tail after pulling out of impound, and he was up seven spots by the time the first caution or not the first caution but by the time the third caution waved i looked up and my goodness he was way up there um and you know you you, you probably have to look at your competition when you unload on saturday don't you oh yeah for sure it's definitely a big factor in it and uh but you know maybe yeah, maybe, maybe you go to, maybe you go to the guys you go to the kyle crumps and the and the tuckers and you know whoever else shows up and you say hey I'll throw you 200 bucks if you just, you know, keep it at 50% for the first 50 laps or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll work. Well, Chase, uh, so this is going to be a big summer. Graduation, you're going to have to have an open house. Um, how excited are you for, for you know, you mentioned in nine days you kiss your high school, uh, you know, career goodbye. You ready to – are you looking forward to stretching your legs and kind of really being able to – I mean, not that you haven't always given 100% to racing, but high school is a big responsibility. It takes a lot. If there's any college opportunities, that's stressful as well. Are you really looking forward to being able to just completely give 110% to racing now? Uh, especially now with it getting close, you're more eager just getting it done with and uh, just being able to work with my dad and being there like 100% of the time. And uh, It's definitely going to help, but also it's, also going to suck leaving high school because i met a lot of cool friends and a lot of people through there but uh it's part of growing up and uh but this summer it's just going to be fun being able to be around or being committed fully 110 percent to racing and uh excited to see what we can do and accomplish this summer as a team 
Are you looking at any next level education right now or, or haven't made that decision yet? I uh, really haven't made that decision yet. Just uh, been just so focused on the racing now. And uh, so we'll see maybe in the future, but not as of right now. So Chase, uh, obviously you guys are going to be start looking at the next race. We, we talked about the super late model at Salem. Anybody, uh, you know, from our region wants to come out and see you race. Where are you looking? Where are they going to have to go? You know, maybe the next three or four weeks for the late model, uh, you know, for both late models and on the dirt, uh, what you kind of got on the schedule. Yep. Uh, this weekend we'll be at Tri-City and Merritt. We should be for the super late model on dirt. And then I don't know. When is Salem? What weekend? Uh, that's <clears throat> second and third, I believe, July or June, June 2nd and 3rd. So I, uh, weekends just before that, it should will be at Tri City and Merritt in the dirt car. Should be just a late model because I really don't not a fan of the mod right now. Kind of kind of funny how a couple of DNFs will do that to you, and they weren't even your fault either. Yeah, just some bad luck, but it's fun to race, and I just think I'm ready for the late model now, full time. That, that that modified is in time out for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's grounded. So, uh, what? And and we talk about too the late model and the dirt side of things. And earlier in the show, we kind of we teased some big news that's going to come out of uh, the dirt side of things. And obviously, there's a lot of money up for grabs at Merritt. You've been there already this year. Uh, Woodtick's got a big big paycheck on the line. Are you looking at that weekend at all? Oh yeah, um, Woodtick. Well, last year we ran it, and it was just a good weekend, and we actually did pretty decent, uh, but. Um, this year, really looking forward to it and, uh, just hoping have a good run and, uh, yeah. All right, man. Well, Hey, congratulations, right? Jags tour winner. Uh, you finally got that knocked off of, of, of the book, right? 2019 junior late model series champion. And then one fast qualifier award was pretty much your accolade after that. Now nobody can take that from you, man. How, how awesome is that to just hear Jags tour winner? You, you, you've done that. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Uh, I remember younger when I was racing quarter midgets watching the All-Stars Tour and just to be able to say I won in that series is an honor. And there's just so many great names and people that came came from the CRA. So uh, it's definitely something to build on and look on or look at for sure. All right, Chase. Well, uh, people could hear this if they listen to the broadcast on Racing America or were at Birch Run. If they're at Birch Run, actually, they probably couldn't hear it. But nonetheless, I uh, want to give you an opportunity to send some shout-outs and say thanks to a couple of people who make it possible for you to do what you do each and every weekend. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, my parents and my family. Uh, they've been supportive and helped me throughout my whole career. And then uh, Lapeer Pool and Spa, they have, they hopped on this year, and they've helped um, – a Silly Not Coffee Company, Bristol Steel, Bristol Steel, um, the Country Market in Lapeer, Rob Service, Finish Line, and uh, Van Dorn Racing Development. They've been great to us, and uh, just everybody that's been there. It's awesome. All right, man. Well, hey, congratulations again from all of us here at Horsepower Happenings, and we're looking forward to seeing you get back. Uh, now maybe we'll have to talk to you after you get to Victory Lane with that Dirt Super Late model. Maybe that'll be next. Yeah, sounds good. Thank All right, you. man. Chase, appreciate it, man. Congratulations. Yep, thank you. Well, appreciate Chase making time to chat with us here tonight. Um, we talked about Andrew Scheid leading in, Chase Berta. We met, asked him about Andrew winning. 
Um, you mentioned the quarter midget days and kind of the indoor racing scene. Chase Berta, Andrew Scheid, Katie Hettinger, the list goes on and on and on of names that, that raced indoors back in the day. And now, look at where they are now. You, you feeling old yet? <laughs> yeah, I think the only one that's I think the only ones that that is taller that, that's t- taller than me that isn't taller than me now. From when I remember him is Katie. She's the only one that I still got covered. That's right. But uh, all, all of them were, were, you know, 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old. And, uh, boy, they just sprouted. They got big the next seven or eight years, didn't they? Wow. And, and they became quite the race car driver as well. Hey, how about our friends at Northside Towing? This, of course, is uh, the Finleys, and they have expanded to Northside Towing of St. John's, and they are now officially open and ready to serve you. If you ever find yourself in a position where you need some help in St. John's, Northside Towing is the place to call. They are the only light, medium, and heavy-duty towing company in the St. John's area. They offer jump starts, tire changes, unlocks, all the things that you might need. You go to Meyer, you get locked out, call Northside Towing. You break down on the side of the road, you got a big rig, you're hauling your race car up north, going to Merritt or Tri-City Motor Speedway, Going through St. John's, have a problem, 989-224-9200. Give them a call, and they'll get you taken care of. They are now open for business. Like them on Facebook, Northside Towing of St. John's, or just uh, save that phone number in your phone, 989-224-9200. Rich, we mentioned Gary and uh, Mr. Lindahl, and then you mentioned he's scheduled, a, a scheduled procedure back in the hospital tonight. However... He didn't allow us the creative opportunity to make our own questions again this month. He didn't trust us with that. <laughs> no, we need, we need to phrase it a different way. There was no way he was letting us do that again <laughs> after, after A.J. Bunch answered every one of our questions. Yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah, he said, we're not letting this happen two months in a row. There ain't no way. So, uh, so Gary, the Honorable Gary, did our questions. He just says, You're gonna have, you guys are going to have to do them. I'm going to be in the hospital. So I think, from what I understand, we'll have Gary back full-time with the questions and presenting them during the month of June. But, let, Zach, let's get kicked off. Uh, let's kick things off with this month's questions. Question number one. This dirt dauber surprised everyone when he once set quick time at the Glass City 200. I didn't know this, um, but the name, as he mentioned, pretty synonymous with dirt track racing in mid-Michigan. So there you go. All right, so we'll leave that one there. I, 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 I knew the name. I didn't know he set fast time. That was the only thing I needed a refresher on. But uh, okay, that was question number one. Question number two: a Glass City theme this year, this this month. Uh, this Hall of Fame driver once commented at the Glass City 200, "Man, did I bring a knife to a gunfight?" Pretty. Uh... Pretty well-respected name in the state of Michigan as well. So I would say so. Let's not start giving hints. All right, all right. All right. I'll let it, I'm, just, I'm just saying. All right. Question number three. Now we're going to change to a different little, little bit of a different theme. All right. What, tra- what track did Ron Paste race for most of his career? You, you may think I know the answer to this, but I don't. Really? Really. Yep. I, I, I no clue. That's a hint, by the way. That's a hint. Well, if you didn't, if you didn't need the hint next time, you're going to get it after this next one. <laughs> and now I, I, I could, I think I could have answered this one, this next question, this last one. I think I could have answered. You could, really? I think I could have. Yeah. Okay. Question number four. Final question for this month. 
Brian Tyler started a racing career in these. So what division did Brian Tyler start his racing career in? My dad is a huge Brian Tyler fan, uh, so there you go. Did you know that? The, the answer to this question? Yes, did I, you know that? I think I could have stumbled into it. Unequivocally, did you know it? No, uh, no, but yeah, I could. I probably could have stumbled into it, though. Yeah. Yeah, so... I like this. So anyway, one. there's the four questions, Zach. We'll get the we'll get the graphics up this week. I think somebody could get these. So do I, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might be could two months in a, two for two, two months in a That's row. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, Gary, uh, I know you'll listen to this, Gary. Uh, appreciate you putting these questions together, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to getting a chance to to go to Toledo or Flat Rock and see Gary. Uh, get back in action this weekend. We talked about what we did this weekend, Rich France. We can't be everywhere at once. How about our friends at Owasso Speedway, Chris Foby and uh, and Roger? They got to open up perhaps one of the most anticipated racetracks in the state of Michigan on Saturday. Well, Zach, the week we were all waiting for, Owasso Speedway finally uh, had Mother Nature work out for them, and they got in opening night. Uh, Rex Wheeler was probably and and uh, they were probably really happy to finally get off the ground. Uh, the results from the night, uh, Kyle Hayden picked up the modified A feature, Andrew Goff in the modified B. Lonnie Samier was your street stock winner. Surprise on that one, right, Zach? Uh, yeah. Zane Cruz picked up the All-American Trucks and Sport Compact winners, uh, Matt Elsie Jr. Zane Cruz took also a win in the B Sport Compacts. And Dominic Salander picked up the C win. Uh, this Saturday, the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club night. At the Owasso Speedway, late model sportsmen, pure stocks, trucks, street stocks, sport compact, gates open at 5, racing at 7 p.m. And, Zach, on the phone lines now, we have your modified A feature winner from Saturday night at Owasso Speedway, Kyle Hayden. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Zach, Rich, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Man, how there had to be a little bit more motivation going into Saturday night with everything that's been going on all winter long, um, everything that Rex uh, and Jeff have been doing. That had to feel good to, to, to grab a win on their opening night. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the hype, uh, you guys have been talking about it. The hype's been real all winter long with Rex taking over and the repave. And uh, I think uh, we were all really bummed when the original opening, two opening nights got canceled, especially the second one, because we were all there. Uh, but I think it almost turned out to be a blessing in disguise because they got a bigger mod field because it was the only mod show in town. And uh, to, to, to beat that quality of field, on a brand new racing surface, uh, it's, it's definitely one of the highlights of my career. So I got to ask you, I mean, obviously you have raced about everywhere. Um, and you know, you don't get, you don't get the, the actual idea of how everything is when they just have a practice session or watching some videos. So tell me, tell me about this racing service sur uh, surface and, and obviously something you really liked about it. Yeah, um, we were a lot. I was talking to like Nick Clemens and David McManus and uh, a lot of the other guys. And I mean, we all we had an idea of how the track was going to race. And I think it actually turned out to be a lot racier than we thought. We, a lot of us thought it was going to be kind of a single file along the bottom because that's how a lot of repaves are. But um, I actually I took the lead on a restart from the top groove. Um, I know Curtis Spencer, uh, who had fast time, set the track record. He looked like he was making some hay on the top, but it, it's super smooth. Um, it, it's the, the track will widen out eventually and the racing will just get even better. Uh, but I thought the race was phenomenal Saturday night. I hope the fans in the stands thought, thought the same thing. Well, and you look through the results, 
You had three drivers all improve seven spots. You had three hard chargers on Saturday night uh, all moving up seven positions. That pretty much is a nod to the fact that you can make moves at Owasso Speedway even with the fresh pavement. Oh, absolutely. And it wasn't attrition either. I think only a couple cars uh, had issues and dropped out of the race. So a lot of guys actually were making moves. Um, the top still wasn't the, the, it's definitely not the old Owasso where everybody would rim ride around the top. Uh, the, the bottom is definitely the preferred lane, but if you, um, got in the light the right lane on a restart and got behind the right guy and got a good jump, uh, you could definitely make some moves on the top. And I was fortunate enough to get a really good restart next to Nick, uh, early in the race on the top. And, uh, I, we, we ran real hard, real close. We never really touched. I, I was able to get a good run off the corner uh, and take the lead. But as soon as I took the lead, I got right to the bottom so uh, I, I think that's how it's going to be here for a little bit, but it was uh, I, I thought it was a great race. You mentioned Curtis Spencer, uh, 15.297, uh, only car down to the 15 twos. And then David McManus, Walt Dobrinsky, Trevor Berry, uh, Jason Parrish, yourself, Nick Clemens. Uh, I mean, the list just goes on and on. Uh, Brooks is there, right? I mean, Warhurst is there. You mentioned it. Harold Fair is there in a modified, Rich. I don't know if you knew that or not. I know you're kind of a Fair family fan. Um, 22 cars, I mean, in, into the show. You got, what, 33 of them on the property, I think, for qualifying. You qualify seventh. I don't know exactly what the Owasso Speedway format is. Qualify seventh, run a couple of heat races. Is that strategic, or was that all your car had during qualifying? Did you have some work to do? What was your afternoon like? Um, well, rain did shorten our practice a little bit. We didn't get quite as much practice as we wanted. Um, I'd been practicing all, all day on tires from actually last season. Uh, we don't, we don't buy practice tires like some other guys do. We, sure. we try and get our cars good based on feel, but, uh, that was everything I had in qualifying. I'm not a good qualifier by any means. Um, I might've left a little bit on the table. Uh, but I mean, it's definitely, it's tight. And like you just listed some of the best drivers in the state of Michigan Absolutely. and the Midwest and the country in, in that list, guys that when they show up to the racetrack, they expect to win. And some of those guys were starting deep in the teens and in the twenties even. Um, and there was even uh, like my teammate, Robbie Johnson, he's a, a phenomenal race car driver. He broke a motor early in practice. He's going to be another guy that, that'll be in the mix. Uh, you get uh, Brian Nestor, who's a Midwest modified true champion, hot shoe champion, Blake Rowe, when he gets his modified out. I mean, the field's not going to get any, weaker or easier that's for sure it's just going to get more difficult um and i was just fortunate enough to to catch the invert in the right way they just do a straight invert um so the invert was a nine i started third and uh you if you got to be lucky and you got to be good enough to take advantage of the luck you get and uh, it all lined up for us Saturday. so what do the heat races play into the night then if 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 the invert from qualifying was what set the line up, where, where do how do heat races play into their format uh the heat races are most are just a points a points deal, um, which if anybody's racing for points, you got to run those heat races, but they, they don't impact the starting lineup at all. But I think right now with the track being so fresh, those heat races are very important. Um, if I hadn't gone as hard in the heat race as I did, I would not have made the adjustments for the feature that I needed to make. And I wouldn't have been as good as I was. Okay. Cause I was going to ask about that. You know, my race pass only tells so much of the story and it says you started second, finished second in your heat. And so I was going to ask if if it was, you know, something wasn't right or you weren't pushing hard or the racetrack wasn't racy at that point in the night or, or what was going on. Yeah, I uh, well, I, I started there on the top right next to Nick, which actually ended up being a precursor for, for what happened later on. And uh, I did not have uh, the right balance in the car at that point um, where I think some of, some of my competitors who maybe just kind of rolled around during the heat race and a few guys even opted not to run it, 
they they might have missed a, a very big learning opportunity that with such a new track you need to take advantage of of every opportunity you can to get out there because i mean nobody had done more than a 10 lap run mm-hmm. since the track opened so nobody knew what was going to happen 20 30 laps into a run and uh i needed that heat race if it hadn't been for that heat race uh, i probably would have dropped like a rock in the future because we made some fairly significant changes to the car before the race and now i had talked to i had talked to rex a week and a half ago i think um you know, and he was asking me some questions and I had a little bit of experience with a couple of brand new tracks in my racing career. And really, you know, everybody, everybody thinks, oh, brand new pavement, it's going to be fast. Well, right now is about the slowest it's going to be. You guys are trying to get the fresh oil out of that asphalt uh, before you can start laying rubber on it. And then when both grooves start taking rubber, then it gets quicker and quicker. Kind of explain that from the driver's seat. Yeah, um, and it, it's kind of weird. I've I haven't raced on too many freshly paved uh, surfaces, um, but this is this is definitely one of them. And the tires when when we come off the track, there there's not nearly as many marbles or buildup. Uh, they come off the track really smooth, which I haven't had a lot of experience with. So I really don't think the track is is wearing, and it's not taking that rubber like I think it will eventually. So um, uh, it's it's gonna get faster as you, as you said it's going to gain grip even from last week qualifying to this week everybody who was there went faster i picked up just a, a quarter second alone i know uh, wow. curtis who who set fast time he was two tenths faster than he was the week before and i don't think it was much of a weather issue i think it's just we're going to get faster especially when we get these cars dialed in and we get some more grip down on that bottom groove it i don't know how much faster it's going to get um it might just be easier to go faster because I mean these guys we're we're already we're hauling the mail around there now we're almost a full second quicker than uh, than we were on the previous asphalt but yeah you're right it's uh it's definitely going to once it takes some rubber and really gets some grip and the and the groove widens out it, it's it's going to be awesome. What is the tire wear like when you check the tires after after each run? What's it been like? Um, I I don't measure wear I um I just we do temperatures and. Uh, and well, we just kind of look at them. I mean, I've been racing long enough. I I just kind of look at it, and I can tell. Okay, it's it's wearing. You're getting some of the some of the marking in the tires, but there's no blistering. There doesn't seem to be a lot of wear or like chunking of of the tires. Um, I, I assume it's just because of uh of the new asphalt. I'm I'm not a tire expert by any means, but I I, I do think uh, eventually it'll get more abrasive and start to wear more. I'm I'm hopeful that maybe our tires will even last a little bit longer and be more competitive. Yeah, and that's where I was going is if, if is if you looked at tires after your your feature and went, well, hell, we could qualify on those next week, or you know, those could be a good pair of scuffs now because this track is so smooth right now. Yes, um, I'm, I I think we're all hopeful that tires will last longer because I mean with with the cost of racing right now, we could all use it, but what Rex is paying for, for starting and winning, it definitely makes it worthwhile. Um, starting at the next race, you, you're only allowed to buy two new tires. So that's going to help a lot of us out. And I think um, elongate the season for a lot of people. Cause I mean, there's a lot of the guys that are uh, some of the back markers who they still want to come and compete, but by midway three quarters of the way through the season, they might be out of money. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm hoping this will help keep that field bigger and and last longer for everybody um with the tire wear i uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out that real quick everybody was on was on four mr feel goods last week but uh <laughs> pretty soon we're gonna have to start using some of those new ones or some of those used ones again and uh, i think that'll even put more of a premium on having your car handling right and having a good balance how i think i 
my opinion, you know, I think everybody's going to have to be a little patient. Um, it's really hard to get a lot of rubber in a racetrack when you've got, you know, eight or nine inch tires and that's all the divisions you have. They're running that or smaller. I think this track is going to go through a major change once the super late models finally get a chance to get on it. Oh, absolutely. Especially once we get in the heat of the summer and we get some more rain um, and it kind of washes and then builds up and then washes and then builds up. And we get, we get, like you said, the oil out of the fresh asphalt. Uh, the, the track is going to go through some significant changes, I think, over the next, oh, hopefully over the summer. I'm hoping by the time the hot shoe rolls around in August, um, we'll, uh, we'll have a good handle on it because that's one of the ones that every modified driver in the Midwest, uh, that's one we want to win and I want to win it too. Well, let's talk about uh, some of the things that are going on. We mentioned super late models are going to be there. Pro late models are going to be there a couple of times this season. Of course, one of those is one of the biggest pro late model races in the country. We were just talking with uh, Chase Berta about that as well. And one of those is, is the Masters of the Pros 184. Um, you look at that race coming back. You're a Jegs Tour winner formerly. You haven't run a template car under the Jegs banner in several years. Fresh pavement. Fresh racetrack, two big Jags races coming back to the home track. You thinking about anything? <laughs> oh, I can think about it all I want. The uh, the old checkbook isn't going to allow that to happen. Okay. But, um, I think those those will be some those will be some some good races. And uh, a lot of times those those kids um, they're not afraid to use the bumper. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, I know the, the races I've run have usually been very physical. Um, and sometimes it makes for, for great drama, and sometimes it makes for an extremely long night. Uh, <laughs> I, I ran the Masters of the Pros at, uh, the one time they had it at Birch Run, and uh, I, I wrecked, I think I must have wrecked five times before lap 50. Ugh. And then about lap 100, I'm leading the race because we, we played some tire strategy, ended up leading the race, finished sixth. Um, I mean, I think Bubba Pollard, that was when he came up and won. Yeah. And it was the best of the best. I, I hope they get a field like that uh, for that Masters of the Pros race. Because um, like I said, Owasso, it's just... And even I'm so lucky. I live in Clio, which is about 15 minutes from Bertrand Speedway, about 45 minutes from Owasso Speedway, and I've got two of the the best facilities in Michigan. And eventually, I think they're both going to be two of the best in the country. And I'm just blessed to be able to live so close to be able to spend every Friday and Saturday night at one of them. And Kyle, you're one of the guys that we get a chance to talk to every once in a while that really knows the modified scene. So I got to bring bring this up. The two big modified races in the state of Michigan rival any modified race in the country with the downright awesome night that's going to happen at Birch Run and, and like you said, the Hot Shoe 100. Um, you've got to be tickled with the direction pavement modified racing is going in the state of Michigan. I, I don't think there's a class maybe in the country that is, is better uh, top to bottom and it's growing. And even I, this weekend is going to be interesting. Kalamazoo's got a big modified race Friday. Bertrand's got modified Friday and Saturday. I believe Springport's got modified Saturday. And then the Midwest Modified Tours in Jennerstown, Pennsylvania on Saturday. So there's, if you if you want to race a modified, you've got plenty of opportunities to. Uh, but it's it's the one class that still allows a lot of creativity and, and some innovation. Like with the template cars, there really wasn't a ton that you could do with them in terms of, like you couldn't make your body look different or look cool. But there's all sorts of ways you can do your modified bodies and in different ways you can set them up. Uh, I, I, there's guys that run bumps on the front, bumps all the way around, just a bump on one corner, big sway bars, soft sway bars. Um, I mean, my even my chassis originally was a was a Harson chassis from back in the late 90s, early 2000s that has been worked on. So there's it's just so many ways you can make a modified go fast, and uh, that's what I love about it. And I 
a lot of the guys that I'm racing with, they're, they're very good drivers, but they're also very, very smart. And yep. it, it's going to take both to keep going and win. Yeah, what I also think is cool, Kyle, is not just the big races, but Modifieds are coming back to Flat Rock in a couple of weeks. Um, for the first time in like 15 or 16 years, uh, Modifieds are coming back there. And, you know, that we've talked about it. There's enough Modifieds that are going to race for all these racetracks, aren't there? Oh, there absolutely is. Even if you get down into, into Indiana and Ohio, there's a lot of Modifieds down in that direction, too. So I think there's enough Modifieds to go around to all these tracks. And it's really going gonna, it's, it's gonna to put a lot of pressure, I think, on the, on the owners and the promoters to entice the modified drivers to come to their track. I mean, Rex obviously paying what he's paying for a weekly show is, is very enticing. So um, I, hope, I hope every modified race gets plenty of cars to, to put on a good show. And there, I know there's enough quality cars around to do that. It's just hopefully everybody can not tear them up and go and, and have a good time. And I know that's, that's our plan this weekend. We're going to be in Birch Run getting ready for the Down Syndrome race. Um, just want to go there, not tear up anything, build a notebook, and then uh, get ready for that big one on June the 3rd. And I was talking to David McManus, and he goes, I, I think Rex is going to tell me where I'm going to race that weekend that they're going to Flat Rock. He really doesn't have a choice. He said, if I wasn't driving that race car, he goes, I know where I'd be. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we have uh, Rick, my my car owner, and we have, we have three cars, uh, Rick, Rick races himself uh, most of the time. And then Robbie Johnson and myself, we, we race pretty much all the time, but we, we're really dialed in on those two big races, the down, the downright awesome race and the, uh, and the hot shoe. Those are, those are the two we're going to put the most effort into. We're going to be as prepared as we can be to go, to go win those races. Now, unfortunately, Rich and I, uh, we have jobs outside of horsepower happening, so we couldn't be at Owasso Speedway, either one of us. Rich was at Flat Rock. I was at Birch Run. Um, but we have some inside information that says you and Nick Clemens went to work on Saturday in this modified race. Talk about that battle with him. Yeah, um, we qualified real close together. And we've and, and I've known Nick for a long time, and uh, we're actually both in the education industry. I'm a, I'm a teacher. He's a principal. So we have actually a lot in common. He's not, he he's not, wait a minute. He's not your principal, is he? He's not mine. Okay. No, he good. works in the neighboring district. Good. That means and, you can. Nick only lived, <laughs> I was he lives say, about a mile and a half from me. So. Well, I was going to say that means um, you can rough, rough him up on the racetrack on Saturday and not I, get a talking to on Monday. <laughs> that's right. I could. Um, but no, and, and even Nick and I talked about it after the race. We've always raced each other extremely hard. Uh, last year, the Owasso Nationals, Nick won. I finished second and we were door handle to door handle with four laps to go in that race. And, uh, I've I've always had uh, good luck with with almost everybody we race with really, but especially yeah. with Nick, uh, we race each other very hard. Um, when I did clear him for the lead, he he stayed right on me. I felt him on my bumper a couple times, but you're gonna do that. I mean, you you got to be able to trust the guys you're racing with that you can put a bumper to them, not enough to to wreck them, but to uh, give them some. Just let him know you're there. Give him and something to Nick think about. Did. He let me know. <laughs> yeah, he, he he made sure I knew he was right behind me, and I had to get on my horse and go. Um, but it wasn't anything uh, disrespectful or unnecessary. So yeah, Nick and I had a great battle. Uh, he kind of faded at the end a little bit. So um, I'm sure he's going to go to work, and he'll be back ready to go again next week. Do you guys run mirrors or spotters or anything? No, uh, okay. I think at the at the downright awesome. And the hot shoe, they, they do allow spotters. I'm not sure about mirrors. Now, um, and then most of the most of the Midwest Modified Tour races do as well, I believe. Now, okay, second question, and then I'll get to my, my point. Um, 
is there a scoring pylon anywhere that you can see it while you're on the racetrack? Yes. Um, yeah, that's definitely one of the strategic things that we, we check out when we go to racetrack. At Wasso, you can get a decent look at it coming off four. Um, as long as you're not like really, really wheel-to-wheel wheel with somebody, you can get a decent look at that. And then the one at Bertrand, you can see very, very clearly. So, for instance, like I knew that uh, Curtis Spencer in the 93 car, he had fast time. And when I saw his name pop up on the board, and same with Trevor Berry in the 37, obviously, he's very quick anywhere he goes. Yeah. Um I knew it, it's time to get going because the, yeah, yeah. the, the really fast guys are coming. You, you beat me to my question because um, here's a fun stat. Kyle Hayden was the only car who started in the top five and finished in the top five Saturday at Owasso Speedway. Curtis Spencer second from ninth, uh, third Trevor Berry from sixth, David McManus fourth from eighth, and Stephen Pelkey the second, one of three drivers to advance seven positions, finished fifth from twelfth. Um was the Jaws theme song playing in your helmet while these guys are moving up the pylon? Well, it, it's kind of, it's funny that you say that because a couple years ago, and this is why I love racing without spotters. I'm, I am not a fan of spotters or mirrors. I, they've, we've been racing since Henry Ford built the first two cars and didn't need <laughs> spotters or mirrors. And I'm, I'm full, I'm fully wanting the driver to be aware. Uh, a couple years ago, I, I was in a race uh, at Owasso and I, I, I was fortunate enough to win and, uh, Blake Rowe, who's obviously a phenomenal race car driver. He, I saw his number pop up on the board in second. And I, after the race, I asked a couple of my crew guys, I was like, was Blake all over me? And they're like, dude, you were three quarters of a track ahead of him. Nice. But I had no idea. And I, you just have to go and you can't just assume you've got a huge lead. Um, you just got to assume that you got to get out. You got to get going. And there's not, there's not a lot of saving going on, especially in a 30 lap race. A hundred lap race might be a little different, but you just you just got to go and hope you're you've you've driven your car well enough and you've got the balance right that you can save enough tires to battle whoever might pop up next to you. And Kyle, that probably doesn't hurt you because I don't know a race car driver in the world that doesn't want as much information as possible, however he can get it, whether that's trying to catch the scoreboard during the race or somebody in your ear or having a mirror. You you, you don't want to be out there blind. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, running the, the Jegs all-star tour a lot, we, we did have spotters and um, I've just, I've seen those, I've seen the spotters and the mirrors get abused so much that for, for every accident that it might help avoid, I feel like there's two other ones that it causes because somebody's driving their car to do something just to keep somebody behind them and like just driving a very blocking or defensive line. And I, that's, that's to me, that's not racing. Like you just get out there and run as fast as you can. If somebody shows you a bumper, give them the space. If they don't get the bumper up far enough, then they need to back out of it. And that's how I was raised racing. And that's how, uh, that's how a lot of the modified guys are really, really respectful of that. Of knowing if you're not, if you don't have the bumper in there where they can see it, then they, you don't have the lane. Um, and that's what you don't get as much in the late model racing. Yeah. Rule of thirds, still very important in the modified Absolutely. division. Um, and I was going to ask you to, and this may be one of our final questions here is, you know, you have a lot of history at Owasso. You mentioned that, um, you know, you're obviously uh, very seasoned there. Not very seasoned, um, but you knew the old racetrack very well. You were very successful there. You look at these results, and you see that you're only you're the only guy who started in the top five and finished in the top five. What do you attribute that to? I mean, it's great for the race fan. You saw people moving through the field, but um, if you're the only one who was able to stay up there, <laughs> I mean, is that is that worrisome at all for maybe anybody else? Or I mean, do you analyze that at all? That that stat. Oh, absolutely. And I, especially going back with all the data we have now with race pass and race monitor and those different applications for lap times, I know 
at the end of the race, the top five were the last couple laps, all almost identical in lap time. And a couple of the other guys that started up front that kind of faded, they were definitely two or to three tenths slower. My, my assumption is that because none of us have done a 30 lap run on the track, some of us just missed, missed on the balance a little bit. And I, whatever I did, didn't miss the balance. I, I felt like I had a really balanced race car. I think there's a little bit I can do to gain. And I'm sure that Curtis Spencer and Trevor Berry and, and everybody has something they're going to do different to next time. Um, I think that's good, obviously, that I was able to to stay up there. Um, I think that bodes well for, for the coming races, for sure. Kyle, i got to ask you, you look at this 22 machine. I don't see a whole lot of businesses on there, but a sweet graphics job. I know, but that, I know there's a lot of people, you know, drivers don't do this thing alone, um, that are responsible for help getting you victory lane. Now's your chance to give them a shout out. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's any sponsors out there that want to put their name on a couple of race cars, uh, get a hold of me on Facebook and uh, we can make that happen. But I got the biggest thing is uh, Rick Wykorik, who's been a modified driver for almost 25 years. Um, he just kind of took me on under his under his wing uh, when I was done late model racing back in 20, 2018. And I just kind of thought I was going to ride off into the sunset and uh, help my buddies out. And he had a car sitting there and he's like, hey, you come on out and drive this and we'll just we'll go to work. And I I've, I've been doing it for five years with him now and I, I love every second of it. So I, I owe everything I've got there to Rick and Ted and Robbie Johnson. Robbie's my best friend. He was my best man at my wedding. He and I, uh, we do a, a, a lot of racing together. We bounce a lot of ideas off each other with his dad, Ted. Um, we've got Dave and Mike who come and help out in the shop and cook and clean and organize things. We have everything at the racetrack. Uh, my buddy, Josh Hahn, he, uh, he drives a super late model, but he comes to as many races as he, as he can to help out and sling some wrenches with us. Uh, Johnny Hopkins, another guy that helps us out a lot. And uh, we get some, some different different people they only can come occasionally we're kind of a ragtag bunch that whoever just wants to go to the racetrack that day goes out and uh, we we always have a good time that's for sure we never we never have a bad day at the races but i got to thank all those guys and um i know they've got my back and they support me and uh we just we we love what we do and we go have a great time win lose or draw a ragtag bunch that put on a clinic Saturday at uh, Owasso Speedway. That's pretty good. Um, so, uh, Kyle, man, congratulations on uh, the first win. And actually, I want to do something else here, too, because um, it was so new for Saturday. Uh, tell me one reason that you as a driver, um, you know, outside of all the hype that we've been giving it and the place has been giving it, tell me what was. What, tell me one thing, if you can even narrow it down to one thing, that really caught your attention about the new Owasso Speedway. Uh, I just, I think even on down, the one thing that kind of freaked me out before the race is uh, we're going out, we're getting ready to scuff tires and get warmed up. And all of a sudden the lights start turning different colors. I'm like, what in the <laughs> world is going on? And they got the, the LED light show is going on. And, the, and then they go back to the, to the bright lights and we, it, the, the crowd is packed and it, you could feel the electricity in the place. And I just, I hope it continues for a while. So I hope we get the same at Birch Run coming up for some of the races there. And, um, so yeah, I guess that's a weird thing that sticks out to me about about the racetrack was the the craziness with the lights. But I'm excited to see what else they got coming in the future, and uh, I'm just I'm ready to go along for the ride and win some more races. All right, well, Kyle, man, congratulations on the big win on Saturday. First and and they're all big wins, right? It's a weekly show at Owasso, but with Rex Wheeler at the helm, man, that's a big win on Saturday at Owasso Speedway. So congratulations, and uh, looking forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, guys. I appreciate your time to see you at the racetrack. Well, appreciate Kyle uh, taking time to chat with us here on a Saturday night. And, and I'm telling you, too, on a Saturday night, on a Monday night, they raced on Saturday nights. 
I swear, it's just straight Coca-Cola. Uh, that's all I'm drinking. <laughs> all right, show me. Show it to me. Show it to me. Reach over there and show it to me. Um, Kyle, I, I mentioned this at the end of the interview. Every win this season at Owasso Speedway, no matter what division you're racing in, is is a big win. You got big payouts, you got big car car counts, and you got big amounts of fans in the grandstands. Every single race there this year is going to be big. Yeah, and you kind of have to watch to make sure that it doesn't. You know, you know, you were going to get some outstanding crowds right out of the gate. Everybody's right. interested, and you know, it's not going. You're not going to be like that for. 16 weeks sure right it's just it's just not going to be that way but it's nice i mean you run this you run this pony as hard as you can until she bucks you off yep uh but i think that as long as they have good racing there i think they're not going to have a problem getting good crowds every single night i think you're right and uh they're doing a good job jeff and and uh and, and the team there uh with the wheelers and everybody they're doing a really good job, so uh, I'm looking forward. Masters of the Pros, we got a regular season event for the Jegs race, uh, Jegs tour that will be there first. Looking forward to getting up there. That will probably be my first opportunity to go to Owasso and see what's going on. Let's take a look at the upcoming calendar, Rich, and uh, I'll start first with what I've got going on. Friday night, the Great Lakes Super Sprints are at Hartford Speedway for the first race of the 2023 season at Hartford. They weren't able to get their racing in last week with the Dirt Car UMP Modifieds, so... They'll push it back to this week. Great Lakes Super Sprints, Modifieds, the four, uh, the uh, the uh, Crown Vicks will be in action as well. Cyberstocks, all going to be there on a Friday night. And, Rich, I kind of started to preview this earlier in the show, but I believe Hartford, that place is anybody's racetrack. Um, we saw Tyler Rankin break the track record there last year when he was there with the 16C. And uh, then I, I think it was uh, I think it was Greg Dahlman who ended up in victory lane. So anything could happen at Hartford Speedway on Friday night. I'm really looking forward to getting back there. Yep. I already talked about uh, Flat Rock, what we got going on this week with the Arkham and Art Series. We won't go through it again. Um, also, I gave you the next start at Toledo Speedway in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we will talk about this Saturday, May 20th. The Reveal the Hammer opener at the Birch Run Speedway. 75 lap feature, 5,000 to win for the Outlaw Super Late Models Act. Uh, gates open at 3 p.m., hot laps at 1. Racing starts at 6 p.m. Saturday at Birch Run. We heard uh, Kyle talk about it. Open Modifieds, unsanctioned Open Modifieds Friday night at Kalamazoo Speedway. If you're a Modified fan, you can check that out. Modifieds on Friday night at Birch Run Speedway. Modifieds on Saturday night at Owasso Speedway. So you've got some options there. It's factory stock night at Merritt Speedway. If you're looking for somewhere to go, uh, sure to see a good factory stock race there at Merritt Speedway as well. So uh, you got a full slate. You got a full calendar of things you can check out. But uh, I tell you what, Rich, I am. I got a wedding on Saturday, so I'm not going to be able to go racing anywhere. But I might have the phone off to the side a little bit with Flow Racing, checking out that Arca East race. That's that's a pretty big deal. If you don't have the phone off to the side looking at it, I'm, you underestimated me because there is there is no racing media guy that ever goes to a family event. That's or right. A event that has nothing to do with racing. Where there isn't something on the phone. Oh yeah, I'll have I'll have it sitting over there, ready to go. Uh, that is, if the bride if the bride walks up, I'm gonna have to just turn the phone. You know, just put it face down. Don't don't worry about this. This is nothing. Uh, congratulations, you look beautiful. 
Go away. <laughs> you, might, you, you, might have to tell, you might have to tell the wife you have to, you're not feeling well and you have to make a bunch of trips to the restroom. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as, the, as the event DJ, that might be kind of hard to play off. But oh, well, I'll, you're, you're doing that I'll, for I'll, I'll, okay. find, I'll find a way. I'll find a way to make it happen. That's for sure. Hey, uh, I want to say thanks so much to uh, Chase Berta. And again, congratulations to him. That's, it, it, it feels like it's been a long time coming, but really – Two years into it, and and you finally get your first win. He's been so close, though. I think that's why it feels like. I mean, he almost won at Winchester a couple of times. You know, almost had the win at Birch Run a couple times last year. Finally gets it done at Birch Run. Um, so uh, really, really glad to see that. Kyle Hayden, appreciate him making time to join us as well. Thanks to uh, Gary Lindahl for uh, taking the time out of his uh, really health schedule to still do the Gary Did You Know. We appreciate him for that. And on behalf of Scott Menlin, Rich France, who helps me do uh, everything that it is that we do throughout the summer here on Horsepower Happenings, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, tomorrow, check social media. Check the Northern Michigan dirt racetrack scene for a big announcement tomorrow around 3 o'clock Eastern time for some really cool stuff that's going to be happening here in the state of Michigan, and we'll talk about it a lot more this week on Horsepower Happenings. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.